Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance, Living Your Authentic Life podcast. My name is Jerome Emhoff. I'm the host of the podcast, and it's my pleasure, as always, to welcome you to this space and to this conversation. Today, I am happy to uh, have another guest on the podcast, and I will introduce him in just a moment. But before we do that, um, just a reminder, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I record from my home in Palm Springs, California. This is a very low-tech podcast. I'm not in a recording studio. So you are likely to hear background noises. My Boston Terrier is sleeping next to me. You might hear her <laughs> snore. Uh, my guest has his dog with him as well. So just forgive any background noises and let's focus instead on the content. And as always, I'd like to start with just a little bit of grounding. So if it's safe for you to do so, meaning you're not operating heavy machinery or driving an automobile, please close your eyes. And we'll just take a moment to become aware of our breath without changing anything about it. Just release anything that might be keeping you from this present moment. And we see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. We watch this light as it begins to grow larger and larger until now it fills the entire inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this light a beautiful temple. We see a garden which surrounds the temple and a body of water which flows through the garden. We are aware that the inside of the temple is lit as well by the same beautiful golden light. And here we are. For we have been gathered together by the power and into the presence of God, source energy, the creator of all that is. We devote this time spent together to God's Holy Spirit. We devote all of our relationships, the work of our hands, all that we are to that same Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Holy Spirit would lift us above and beyond all illusion, all anxiety, to the love and peace and grace that lay beyond. And so it is together we say, amen. So as I mentioned, uh, today I have a guest on the podcast and um, it's interesting how a lot of people are kind of uh, critical of social media. Uh, saying that it has kept us from connecting on any real level and that we live too much in social media. Well, I have to say that I met Dr. Scott Miller via social media and uh, had an opportunity then a few weeks ago to meet with him face-to-face. We've had a few conversations together. and, um, And I just have to say that connecting over social media can be real connection when you meet people who are heart-centered, who are focused on lifting others up um, and inspiring one another. And I was inspired by what I was uh, seeing on Scott's um, social media. And so it's my uh, pleasure to welcome Dr. Scott Miller to the podcast today. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Jerome, for inviting me. Yeah. So, um, you know, the podcast is called uh, manifesting brilliance, living your authentic life. And I think you have a bit of a story about how you sort of transitioned into living more authentically. And um, I would love for you just to share a bit of that uh, with the listeners, if you if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's an honor to to be here and, and be asked to, to share this with you and everybody that's listening. Um, 
but uh, I did go through um, some um, sort of traumatic events several years ago that sort of uh, forced me <laughs> to uh, reflect on my existence, my life, uh, where it was going, um, where I had been, where I wanted it to go. Um, so just in a nutshell, and if you want more detail about anything, you can feel free to ask. And, uh, I'm, um, certainly willing to share, um, in, in the hopes that it inspires someone or touches someone who may be going through the same thing. Honestly, that's what this is all about for me. So, uh, I, I'm a chiropractor. I've been a chiropractor for 20 years. Um, I had a practice, private practice in Colorado for most of that time. And um, I just was sort of going through life, uh, if you will. And uh, in 2018, I uh, encountered um, quite a few traumatic experiences, and I'll just sort of name them in order that they happened that year. Um, ultimately leaving me with a diagnosis of PTSD, severe anxiety and depression, um, which left me really almost incapable of functioning and, uh, obviously had to go through a healing process, uh, for several years to sort of, uh, find my way out of, um, the turmoil that it caused, um, in my emotional, um, and mental state, um, anyway, so the beginning of the year, my stepdad, um, who I was very close to uh, for many, many years, um, passed away. Um, it's very fortunate that it was a very um, sort of easy transition, if you will. We were all with him and we were able to say our goodbyes. So that was um, just um, wasn't necessarily traumatic, but certainly a lot of grief losing such a, a great person um, and such an, a good example in my life. Um, it wasn't just a couple months after that that uh, I went through a very sudden and shocking um, divorce. And uh, as I was trying to sort of recover from that, just a couple months later, my older brother um, died suddenly and unexpectedly. Um, and then through his death came some revelations about um, some um, betrayal kind of um, things that had happened with different people uh, that uh, I had not been aware of, but explained a lot of um, behaviors through the years. So that was uh, pretty hurtful, especially after experiencing, you know, three pretty big traumas and uh, grief incidences in a row. Um, and then um, towards the end of the year, I had some other betrayal incidences happen with uh, some some people that were close to me, and it just sort of left me in the space of not feeling like I could uh, really trust anyone. Um, the PTSD was was uh, probably the most bizarre um, thing to 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 live with, if you will. If you've never had it, it was just like you're had no control over what you felt, but um, it, it it was very bizarre. I just couldn't interact with anyone. I didn't want to interact with anyone. I was terrified basically of everyone even going to the grocery store was quite a terrifying experience as i believed that everyone there was going to somehow either hurt me or take advantage of me and so i would run in and run out and so looking back at the, it can be a little uh, humorous because it just is none of it's you know based in logic <laughs> right so it just was this experience that sort of left me very numb and um 
uh, obviously with just feeling like I had lost everything and I just had no idea where to go. So that was sort of um, the the story. And like you said, it, it led me to this place of authenticity, um, really searching um, deep within to try to find what I could to continue going and to start my healing journey. That's really awesome. And what strikes me is interesting about it is I think a lot of people go through similar situations. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, PTSD is, is pretty common. And I think probably a lot of people yep. suffer PTSD without and, don't totally, and haven't been diagnosed. I mean, yeah. I think yeah. I shared with you possibly when we were having coffee about my situation being, you know, a teacher at a Catholic yep. school and then being yep. forced to resign. And I didn't realize um, until right. many years later, because it keeps coming up for me that there's some PTSD there. Um, but what I, what strikes me about your story, uh, Dr. Scott, is that so many people experience these things, but they don't bounce back. Yeah. They don't bounce back. They self-medicate. They yeah. suffer in their depression. Yeah. They, um, and, and one of the things that you shared with me is that part of your, um, your presence on social media is to inspire other people. And that's, you know, how I came to speak with you. Yeah. Um, and it's funny to me that you said you were afraid to go to the grocery store and now you're <laughs> all over social media and, and posting, you know, your latest pictures of your photo shoot. I'm like, okay, that doesn't seem like the guy who was afraid to go to the grocery store. So something <laughs> totally shifted for you, um, which is brilliant. It's beautiful. But what was it? What, how did you, how did you make the decision to make the, the shift? What do you think was in, in you? Yeah, that made that I get happen. It. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, um, I'd like to really speak to sort of what you mentioned is a lot of people have been through similar experiences and probably have PTSD and are not aware of it. And I really want to um, just sort of throw in a little plug here for mental health awareness. Um, I think a lot of people could really... Um, help themselves by knowing what they're dealing with. Um, you know, so many of us, especially Jerome from our generation, we're raised to, you know, not talk about things, just be strong, don't cry, you know, um, get over it, you know, that kind of stuff. And not just generationally, sorry to cut you off, but as men yeah. too, right? Yes, exactly. Very male yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, and so... You know, part of why I share what I share is is to encourage people, you know, to seek help. Um, and a lot of times with seeking help, we find an, a, an explanation as to what we're experiencing and why we're experiencing it. And so I really believe, especially as a doctor, that knowledge is power. And if you know that you have PTSD or any other condition, let's just say, you know, um, you can research it. You can look for things that explain what you're going through and it gives your experience validity. But not only does it give it validity, but then it gives you commonality with others. So you don't feel alone. You're like, oh, I'm not the only one that experiences that. And you can find a way to connect with other people. So I think it's very important that when you go through a traumatic event or grief, something that really 
causes you to experience um, mental health issues of any sort, depression, sadness, grief, loneliness, any of that, really reach out and, and try to get some kind of help, even if it's just talking to other friends that maybe experience the same thing. So you don't feel so isolated and alone, um, but also you can get a little, I believe, power by knowing what you're dealing with so that then you can make decisions. You can make educated decisions about what you need to do and um, what's going to help you most. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's important, I think, to, to begin with. And I think along with that, um, sort of what you're saying, and maybe um, just to even take it to another level, is what I have come to know for myself is Life isn't always easy. I mean, we do go through challenges, but for the most part, for the most part, life should be, we should be happy. We should be generally content. We should be generally happy. And if you're not feeling that, like if you're having more days of feeling Mm. sort of like there's no point in living, you know, or, you know, what we call depression, I think sometimes people normalize that. I I mean, I look at my father, God bless him. He was a great man, but... But I think he suffered from some depression that was never diagnosed. And he mm. was sort of of the mindset that life was about working hard, you know, coming, you know, he, he worked his fingers to the bone to support us. Yeah. Um, but I don't know that he had a lot of anything for himself, you know, what sure. brought him joy. And I think, like you said, it's generational. It can be men, you know, that we go through life thinking, oh, this is just how it is. It's it's yeah. challenging and we're sort of just getting by. And hopefully after we've worked for, you know, 40 years, we can retire and then life will be good. Mm-hmm. But it should be pretty good along the way. And yeah. so I think the tip off for people is if you're feeling despair and sadness and like there's not joy in your life, talk to somebody. Yeah. I'm sort of of the, of the of the mindset that everyone should have therapy at least once in their lives. I think so too. I, I mean, it just helps so much be able to just, I, I call it filing things away appropriately so that we're not, you know, making up um, sometimes pretend stories about what happened and, and it affect us in a negative way or our relationships in a negative way. So I think it, it's so helpful in just um, looking at things at a better perspective or a different perspective, whether it's better or not. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> at least right. different so that you can, um, you know, again, file it away and not let negative experiences, um, you know, impact your life and your relationships. Right. So, and I think, I think that the, having a confidant, whether it's a therapist or a friend or a minister, a spiritual advisor, mm-hmm. I think that's really critical. Talking absolutely. it through. Yeah, um, but I also think there was something, so you, obviously you sought therapy and that was helpful. Um, yeah. So I guess back, go ahead. Yeah. So above and beyond that, because mm-hmm. I've seen, so listeners, you, you can't see Scott and you, you know, you can check him out on, on social media, but Scott became a bodybuilder. So not only did you transform your mind, but you transformed mm-hmm. your body, you transformed a lot of your ways of being. And yeah. I think therapy can help that to an extent, mm-hmm. but can you tell us a little bit about what it was yes. in you that kind of took you to the next level because you have really 
transformed a lot of things. And I think it's helpful for people to understand that, first of all, that they all, we all have it in us. Yes. But how do we tap into it? Absolutely. So, but the point of what I just made about the the therapy and the, you know, understanding what you're dealing with is that um, that gave me power. It gave me power to look at what I was dealing with and know that I could do something about it. Right. And, you know, I could research and be like, okay, what can I do for PTSD? What can I, so it was that kind of stuff that I felt like, as opposed to just being a victim to this bizarre mental state that I didn't have felt like I didn't have any control over. I I could do something about it. I started reading and researching and trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? What can I do? So it was little things like that because I knew I didn't want to live that way. It's a terrifying experience. Um, And I'm sure maybe some of the listeners have had that experience as well, where you literally trust no one, you're terrified of everyone, and you just don't want to get outside, you don't want to walk around, you don't want to make eye contact with anyone, because you're terrified that they're going to do something to you to hurt you, um, or take advantage of you in some way. So, you know, that was the first thing I think for me was, was the awareness that I didn't want to live that way. I am as you were talking a little bit about me, I am a very happy, friendly, outgoing person. I've always been that way. And to experience this state, I knew it was obviously not, not me and it was not a, a, a well place to be. And so I, I did start looking for things to do. Now, as far as the bodybuilding goes though, that was sort of an accident. <laughs> <laughs> it literally was, was, um, I, <laughs> I, I'm trying to decide how much to say here, but uh, <laughs> I, um, my, in my mind, I walked into a gym thinking I was somehow going to um, rescue my marriage. Um, so okay. I was like, if I go into this gym and I get in shape and muscular, it's going to save it. It's going to save my marriage. <laughs> And Got so, it. I mean, it's just what I was deciding at the time. And again, it was, a, it was a place of power for me. I decided it was something that I could do on my own, apart from, you know, my, my husband to try to, uh, you know, make something better. And so as I started working out, as I started going into the gym and just giving my all, what I started noticing as I was working out was that I was working out my anger. So okay. I'm like pushing weight around. I'm like doing the the treadmill and the um, elliptical machine. And the more angry I would get, the faster I would go or the heavier I would lift. And I was like, okay, well, well, not only am I going to look better, <laughs> but I'm like feeling better because I'm working my emotions through. So I'm getting it out. Right. Um, so I'm doing something with that pent up energy, basically, which is really a, a very important concept, um, sort of a, another topic, but um, it, it was very important to get rid of that pent up energy. And then I started noticing within within two weeks, literally within two weeks, I started noticing that my anxiety was wasn't as powerful. My depression wasn't as dark. And I started you know, like turning my head and thinking like, what's going on here? And so I, then I started reading a little bit about exercise and mental health. And there's an enormous connection between the two that I really didn't 
no. I mean, you sort of hear about stuff like that, but you don't really know, I guess, unless you read the the research behind it. And it was, um, there's an amazing amount of research out there about ex- even lifting weights specifically was um, researched about how it helps with depression. Right. So I was like, okay, well, there you go. So then I just started like committing to myself mm-hmm. and I just, I, I was like, I have to do this and I can never stop. And so that's what pretty much led to the bodybuilding was if I'm going to keep doing this <laughs> on the regular, I might as well have something to, you know, work towards. And so then I started competing. So that's how the bodybuilding came to be. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we can stop here if you want. But No, no, no. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, that's great. I think, um, I think that just the whole notion of being empowered um, yes. is really... I think that's what's important here, right? 100%. And so, yeah, that you felt like, I remember too, and um, when I went through my situation of losing my job for being gay, mm-hmm. and um, I was married to a woman, and that marriage was falling apart. And this entire life that I had sort of created for myself over the course of just a few days, right? Yeah. I mean, first, yeah, my wife, my, yeah. Yeah, my wife left me. We were going through the divorce. And then a few months later, all of the stuff with the school happens. And I remember sitting on my sofa in my home in Rapid City, South Dakota, that I had shared with my, my ex-wife and just declaring almost out loud that I was going to have a beautiful life. Mm. Like from this day forward, I am going to have a beautiful life. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah. But I knew that I was not going to be in that situation ever again, you know, and that I was going to make choices based on what made me happy, on following what I was passionate about. Um, And ultimately, that was the impetus for me to come out to my family you know, to move to California. And there are lots of other things along the way that happened, but, um, but there was that moment of empowerment and I was seeing a therapist as well. So yes. I was starting to get some tools. Interestingly enough, I was seeing a Christian therapist who then after I came out was wanting to fix me. So I promptly, <laughs> promptly fired him and went to another therapist, but, but I, it was the first time in my life that I had gone to therapy and I was, you know, going through all of the stuff in my life, like really taking stock of the ways in which I was making decisions based on what I thought I needed to be for other people or for mm-hmm. the church or what have you, you know, fitting yes. into, and um, so there was a moment of empowerment too. And I think mm-hmm. that that it changes how you, how you face the rest of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, one of the things that just popped in my head as you were talking was, um, I think a lot of people, when they go through a heartbreak or traumatic situation, um, they depend on passing time to heal them. Um, and yes, I think that's definitely one piece to healing a traumatic event, but there's also work to be done, Mm -hmm. you know? And so things like you stating, I'm going to have a beautiful life, you know, stating intentions, what do you want for your life? And, and, and envisioning that, creating that, maybe writing it down, um, you know, seeing a therapist, 
um, actually taking action steps to um, overcoming the um, the trauma and actually being with it, experiencing mm-hmm. the pain and allowing it to be there and being aware that, that that's what it's from is is one of the first steps I also had to take was just appreciating the fact that my body was working, my brain was working the way that it's supposed to when it goes through a trauma. Yeah. I didn't want to feel that way, but I knew that that's the way we work. That's the way our bodies work. Well, it's interesting (laughs) because one of my, um, I call her a paper mentor because I, she's not, so I have a, a actual mentor named Sark. And Sark talks about paper mentors, which are people whose books we've read and we followed them, but we've never really met them. So one of my paper mentors, and I mention her often on this podcast, is Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. And Marianne Williamson wrote a book called um, From Tears to Triumph. And But one of the things she says is that our our psyche has an immune system as well. Mm. And that so a lot of the things that you were going, the pain. Like, um, and in the book, uh, Tears to Triumph, she quotes um, the poet Rilke and says, let me not squander the hour of my grief. Mm-hmm. And yeah. looking back, and maybe this is true for you, but when I look back at that time in my life, although it was hell on earth to go through, mm-hmm. I have really fond memories of that time in my life. Mm. I don't want to ever relive it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm but sure you don't it. either. But I'm grateful. <laughs> I am grateful that it happened mm-hmm. because I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you had it not happened. Yes. I wouldn't be living in California with my husband and my two dogs had that not happened. Correct. It was the catalyst for so many things that I needed to change that I wasn't going Correct. to change. And I think God, Holy Spirit, source energy, whatever you call it, in his wisdom mm-hmm. allowed me to have these challenges so that I could get where I need to get. Um and so I, I have gratitude for it. I really do. At the moment, I I would have thought you were crazy if you said, oh, you're gonna look back on this and think it's one of the best times in your life. <laughs> but but so much of who I am and the, and the way I show up to help people came from mm-hmm. that. And I think you would probably say the same thing. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, so. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely, it definitely takes a while to get there and there's no timeline. So anybody who's listening to this, who's obviously not yet grateful for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> know that. That there, you know, if you put in the work, there will be a day when you can see that because I think gratitude is the most important thing we can have in life is being grateful for what we have and being grateful for the experiences that we have so that it can lead us, like you said, to better places, um, better choices for us as a person um, to discover who we are and discover what we need. And then also to be able to help others, which is really an essential need of every human we need to you know what do we do when we have a baby we take care of it um you know we we our families our friends we we take care of each other and that's an important part of our um psyche and important part of our need as a human to interact with others and feel like we're helpful well and we need connection Mm -hmm. we need connection and i think um yeah 
it's funny because when I think back to who I was before all of that, I was just having this, this conversation with myself yesterday. Um, I was sort of a wallflower. I was mm. so fiercely shy. And, <laughs> and I think part of that was I hadn't known the fact that, I, that I'm gay. So I was hiding a part of myself. Sure. Yeah. Um, but stepping into my power in those moments has really allowed mm-hmm. me to reach out to people. Like in a million years, like I wouldn't have ever reached out to someone like you or anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Previously, I would have just like, you know, been sort of like, Oh, that's, you know, this person's interesting, but Oh no, too afraid. And, and now I, now I'm like that. So I think for the listeners, um, I think the message is you will get to the other side. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's just your willingness Mm -hmm. to be present to it. And not, and to be okay with not knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like be okay with not knowing how it's going to turn out. Be okay with not knowing what the next thing is, you know, because it's often, you know, things will be uncertain. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, I think spirituality for me is so important in that mm-hmm. I, I do remember in that time and I was very steeped in the Roman Catholic church at the time. So I spent a lot of time even just praying. And mm. talking to God in the way I knew how to say, yeah. okay, I, I trust you. I trust that this is going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I ended up um, well, coming up with, I guess, was a motto that I use very often um, because I didn't know what was going to happen and when it was going to happen and when things would get better, if they would get better. Um, I committed to myself, I created this phrase and I committed to do this every day for myself. And it's um, keep waking up and keep showing up because you have no idea. If you just wake up every day, commit to the process, I'm going to you know, continue to live my life. So I wake up every day and then I'm going to show up for what the universe or what God is teaching me, telling me what experience I'm going to have that day, whether it be difficult or sad or or good or inspiring that I'm going to show up for what's coming my way that day. And even if it's difficult, even if it's just one of those days that you sit in bed and cry all day, you know, I'm still going to show up. I'm going to be present. So I think that was really um, my mantra. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I created that out of, I, cause I didn't know what else to do. I didn't sometimes really know what to do. And so it was just, we'll keep waking up and keep showing up. That's brilliant. Because I also think that we often want to get to the other side too quickly. Yeah. And, and I think it being present to what's happening right now is so essential to, to being Mm -hmm. able to get through it. Because I think if we, when we don't show up authentically, we do, we end up, robbing ourselves of the growth that's going to happen. And I think of, you know, people who um, self-medicate or, yeah. you know, um, like there are lots of ways we choose not to show up yeah. as we really are. Sure. Um, and I understand that the temptation to do that can be so, so powerful. Absolutely. But I do think that there is, and I, yeah, I, I, I just think there's so much value in what you just said, because I even need to say that to myself now, right? Because yeah, there are days yeah. when I'm not feeling it. Absolutely. Right? 
you know, and so it's, I think it's okay. You know, again, mm-hmm. I mentioned my, my, um, my mentor Sark talks about feeling all of the feelings that you have yeah. this, you have this sort of coloring book, this, you know, this Crayola box of Crayola crayons of, of emotions and feel them mm-hmm. all experience them all. And then as we experience the bad ones, we don't stay there that long because we let Correct. them have their course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we try yeah, to push down this sadness, yeah. then it just keeps coming up. Yeah. Right? That's what I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Great minds think alike. Yeah, you have yeah. to be present with it and feel it because there's a reason why it's coming up. It right. wants to be dealt with. It wants to be worked through. It wants whatever it needs in that moment. And if you don't pay attention to it and at least feel it and be with it, you can't learn what it's trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. And how did you did you have a process for for being with it? I mean, anything in particular that you did or um there were lots of different, I guess, mechanisms, coping mechanisms, um, or things that I did. So a, a couple that I can, that I can share. Um, when I sometimes, you know, as I said earlier, there were days that I literally would just be in bed all day, just feeling paralyzed. Maybe I'd had a panic attack or maybe I had several that day, or I just was so heavy from the weight that I just couldn't move. And so what I would do in those times is I would try to go back to what is it that I enjoy doing when I'm alone, take a a bath, a warm bath, um, watch Christmas movies or Disney movies, um, things like that. So just finding a place of allowing myself that space. Like there was nothing I could do to force myself to get up and go, you know what I mean? Do something that I just wasn't going to, because sometimes I would try and I would, <laughs> um, if my patients, some of my patients hear this, they'll laugh, but um, some days I would force myself in those day on those really dark days to get up and go work on patients. And, um, there were multiple times I just would collapse weeping (laughs) onto my patient and they would hold me (laughs) like they they didn't know what to do, but I I just, I, there was no control over some of that, you know, stuff. And so anyway, um, so I learned quickly to honor those spaces when I was that dark. And so I would take some time, maybe cancel the day or whatever, and do things that were important to me, things that would usually bring me calm or happiness or joy, something like that to just sort of ground, I guess. That's probably yeah, a really yeah. good term. Um, so that I could just be with it, understanding that it was there and that I wasn't trying to push it away or hide it or get over it, but I was just being, um, you know, being with it and allowing it to run its course, if you will, and maybe work through it. So that was one of the ways. The other thing that I do, which could be a really cool um, technique um, that some people might uh, find helpful is um, I would, I'm a big fan and like, I don't want to say fan, maybe that's not the right word, but um, I find running water very healing. Mm-hmm. So I like to go to waterfalls or running brooks or streams. And so sometimes when I, you know, was able to at least make a conscious effort to get out and go do something, I would find um, running water or waterfall. And I would just sit and let the sound 
you know, just sort of consume me. And then if there were any emotions that were present that I felt like I wasn't feeling like I could work through, or they were, they were particularly heavy and I just wanted to let them go. Um, I would grab some sticks and sit next to the running water. And I would picture myself pushing all of the negative emotions that were consuming me into the stick. So I'd, I'd let myself feel that emotion, just fill my entire being with that emotion. And then I would picture it all sort of pouring into those sticks in my hands. And then when I was ready, I would throw those sticks into the water and watch them float downstream. And then picturing myself as an empty vessel, I would ask God to fill me up with his love and so I would picture the water from the waterfall sort of filling me up as a representation of, of his love. And so that was a little technique that I would do sometimes. Just, yeah, just try to, you know, let go of some things, maybe some anger or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just a couple of techniques that I would use. to. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. And I think, anyway. I think they're both really great. I mean, the first, self-care is so critical mm-hmm. and we don't do it. Most people don't take the time for self-care and it's one of the things that I um in my coaching practice teach people to do you know like you said taking a bath or watching the mind the movie that's mindless or that makes you happy listening to Mm -hmm. your music I always tell my you know my clients make a playlist of your favorite songs and you know that you have something that will lift you up if you you know whatever you can do to to move out of the the mood you know dance skip You yeah. know, some, someone said, just skip. You can't be depressed when you're skipping. So go outside and skip. As silly as that sounds. It's um, true. But if you have to, if you have to lie in bed and cry, mm-hmm. you lie in bed and you cry because mm-hmm. uh, Marianne Williamson, again, it always comes back to her. She says, if you have 60 tears to cry and you've only cried 40, you're not going to be finished. You have to let it out. Yeah, that's good. And then, and then I love, I love the visualization exercise too, because another mm-hmm. thing that I train my clients to do is name the emotion, mm. you know, and even saying out loud, you know, anger, I see you and I acknowledge you, mm. right? Like yeah. you acknowledge the emotion because then it starts to not have as much power over us, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And so in your, the process, and I think it's a beautiful visual representation of, you know, infusing those sticks with the negative emotion and then seeing yeah. them being taken away, you know? Yeah. yeah. I journal a lot. I just journal a lot, cool. you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, um, God forbid. It's like, if I ever, if I ever die, my bestie has two things to do. He's going to come find all my journals and burn them and then throw my computer into the, <laughs> the, lake, the largest body of water. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, because I, yeah, I mean, I'm very honest in my journal, and that's just my mm-hmm. therapy. And my husband knows, and he's yeah. never read them. You know, thank thank yeah. God. You know, because because <laughs> he understands that that's my private sure. space. But yeah. I think we all need that, and I think the, we don't we don't teach our children how to do it. We don't, yeah. you know. And I just think it's such a a blessing. So, um, yeah, I think one of the things. Uh, that I read, uh, again, another mentor, Sark, wrote a book called um, Succulent Wild Love. Mm. That she wrote with her uh, fiancé at the time, and then he ended up dying uh, before they were married. But one of the things that they had committed to in relationship was 
but they would always um they would always be responsible for their own alignment first Good. before they came together and she yeah. she writes about you know days when she had issues she was crabby or whatever she would say to john i need to go and be by myself for mm. two hours yeah because i'm feeling yeah. crappy mm-hmm. you know and so they each attended to their own alignment and i think that whether it's empowerment or naming the emotions or seeing a therapist it's all about attending to your alignment yeah and i think that if i can just say those are power moves you know, some people may think that's, you know, if they hear that may think, oh, well, sitting in a bath, like that's weak, or that's, you know, you're wasting time or whatever. No, those are extremely powerful, extraordinary moves. When you're in that space to be able to think of things and do things that are going to help you. Mm-hmm. Like that's powerful. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, conscious it's, choices, you know? Yeah. Right. It's taking care of whatever you need to take care of in this moment to be aligned with your source energy, to be aligned with that better part of you. And, and, um, again, I, I always on this podcast talk about people I've read because I'm a avid yeah. reader. Um, Abraham Hicks. So Esther Hicks channels this energy called Abraham. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, um, so Abraham talks about your emotional guidance system. Mm. And that's, the emotional guidance system tells you when you're out of alignment. So when you're feeling that depression and you're feeling that sadness, whatever, it means you're out of alignment with who you truly are. Your inner wise self, your inner spirit isn't yeah, connecting. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a, a kink in the hose. Yeah. And so then you do whatever you can to, whether it's prayer, meditation, throwing sticks in a running, <laughs> running stream, taking that bath, listening uh-huh. to the music, you know, seeking therapy, all of those things. And and it is empowering. And I'm glad you said that because again, as men, um, a certain generation, we consider those things being selfish or mm-hmm. that we're not being strong. Right. And, you know, we all heard the analogy. There's a reason they say put on your oxygen mask before helping other people on the airplane. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, In order to help others, we have to do what we need for ourselves first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your story is, it's, you know, it's, it's beautiful. And I love, I love how open you are about sharing on, um, on social media. And, and I think the, the thing that really inspired me to reach out to you was some time ago, you posted a photo of yourself, I think with your children, you might've been at Disney and I think you might be in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the aquarium, I think is where we were. And I was just like that vulnerability. I just have to tell you is amazingly beautiful. Um, just, and to see who you are now, mm. just the physical transformation, but also the spiritual transformation. Yeah. It was like, I have to talk to this man. I have to, um, I just have to, because I, so many people aren't willing to show the dark side and not mm. necessarily that that was a dark moment, but just we want everybody to see us at our best. 
Yes. And yeah. you, and it was so empowering for me because as you know, you've met me, I have like 50 pounds to lose mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's an ongoing struggle. And, yeah. um, but knowing that I can do it, you know, and little by little, I'm making the changes. And, and so that was, uh, just really inspiring to me. Um, well, if I could go, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, please, please share. I don't have anything else to say. I'm sort of okay. at that moment, we're just like yeah, soaking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, if I could share a little bit about that picture, it actually was the very first time I had shared that picture. I And just as you mentioned, I was actually, um, I was ashamed of that period of time of my life. I was very ill. This was long before my traumas. It was of 2018. It was about 2010, um, 2009, I think. Um, I was very ill and very sick and I was having to use wheelchairs and uh, scooters and uh, walk like canes to try to get around um, as, as as little as I could because I avoided trying to move as much as possible. I was in so much pain. Um, I had just been, we were actually in the aquarium in Denver that day because the night before I was at the emergency room Um and so because we were at the emergency room, we tried to do something to distract the kids. And so we took to the aquarium. And, and if you notice in that picture, my son um, was very sort of afraid looking. And uh, it was, I think, the hospital experience from the night before. And so we were trying to cheer him up and distract them a little bit. And um, But I... I just recently as I started realizing how much I was inspiring people with my stories of overcoming the trauma, um, I just started sharing and I'm sorry, I'm going to get emotional here for a minute. I just, um, I, I started allowing myself to share that period of time in my life because I was very closed about it. And I didn't really, I didn't even tell my family, my mother knew my ex-wife knew my kids knew, um, and maybe a couple friends, a couple, you know, colleagues, but, um, I didn't, my, in fact, when I posted that picture, my sister and brother, uh, both reached out to me. What was this? When was this? I, I just, I hid it from people. I didn't, I was ashamed of that period of time in my life. Um, I didn't feel like I should be sick. I, I'm a chiropractor. My back shouldn't be collapsing. You know, it was things like that, that kept me from sharing that. And so, I just, I guess I inspired myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. to share that realizing that maybe people could also find inspiration from overcoming um, the physical challenges that I had and not just the emotional challenges that I had anyway. But I think um, they're all related too. Yeah. 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 I I think I emotional, like I had this revelation that the 50 extra pounds is, is lack of self-love. On some level, and I'm working, you know, I'm working through it and, and um, learning yeah, to love myself all... more every day, right? But they, yeah. yeah, and I think, um, you know, as a gay man in this, this life that's so, you know, it's all about physical appearance, I think I kind of pushed against that to the mm. extent that I just sort of allowed myself to become. Yeah you know, heavier than I want because I was like, oh, mm. you know, it was an insecurity, right? I didn't go to the gym. I didn't want to do that. I, I never thought I was athletic and all these things. And then yeah. metabolism changes. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, you know, 
Um, yeah. And it wasn't gonna, it wasn't going to like uh, lose the weight because I was like, oh, it's so shallow. Like I should do that. Like you were talking about, like going to the gym. Yeah, to, to be, for your your husband, right? Like, oh, I'll keep yeah, exactly. like it. And I'm like, and I went to like the total the other way. Like, hell no, I'm not going to do it for you. Know? <laughs> and then one day I had this realization that oh, you know, God says, Jerome, you know, you need your body if you're going to continue living <laughs> on this planet and doing the work that you need to be doing. Um, and so then I had to look at like what you know what what are the manifestations of that. So. um um, anyway, I don't, I'm not quite sure where I was going with all of that, but um, <laughs> but again, like the vulnerability that you had in sharing that story and the way you've inspired you've inspired me, you know, um, mm. and um, yeah, I just uh, so um, as we're wrapping up, um, just I want to express gratitude. I mean, because mm. I have followed your social media. And, um, and I'm, and it's gotten me past the hangup that I had of, you know, good looking, muscular men, gay men being full of themselves and all about the body. One of my favorite lessons in the course is I am not a body. I am free. Um, I am still as God mm-hmm. created me. And, um, so you turned that all upside down for me because you, awesome. you were so kind and generous um every time i reached out to you and i imagine that that's how you are with all of your thousands of social media followers and um yeah it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing you have this bright light um and that's important it's important for people to see it um it's been important for me to see it and um yeah and And it's important for me to know that it touched you and it touches other people that reach out to me. That's what I call redeeming the trauma. Mm -hmm. So knowing that everything that I went through was not worthless, that it, it created a, a scenario in my life where I could inspire others to overcome their own stories, their own traumas. And when I find, yeah. And create happiness in their life. And what I've noticed too, because I, you know, you're one of the things we haven't shared is how you're sort of living in a different city for <laughs> one week, like you've been all over, right? Yeah. Uh, which is how you're in Palm Springs now. But so I followed people who, you know, your pictures of the people you've met. And I yeah. won't name any names. I won't name any names, but people are sharing their, uh, their stories too. Yeah. And we all have it. We've all had those moments when we thought we weren't going to make it. Yeah. And for some people, it's, you know, they've fallen into addiction and to all mm-hmm. kinds of things. And, um, and I've, I've loved the other stories that I've, uh, you know, cause I've started following people that you've followed. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and um, because I think, you know, like birds of a feather flock together, as my mom would have said. Yeah, often told me, yeah, she still does. You know, you're judged by your friends. Anyway, um, (laughs) but what I've said, you've empowered other people to tell their story. And our secrets Mm -hmm. keep us sick. Like the things that we aren't willing to acknowledge to ourselves, they keep us stuck. And and not that everyone needs to go out and be an open book. 
but when we can be an open book, it helps other people too. Marian Williamson again talks about um, that as we step into our light, you know, we we invite others to step into their light as well. Yeah, and, oh, and that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, do you know that passage? From uh, I think you've mentioned it before. From a reach into love um, strikes me each time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is not our. Well, hold on. I can I can turn to it right now and read it because I think it's really powerful. It's on page ninety. I have it memorized. Wow. <laughs> um, is it page ninety? Maybe not. Um, it's it's interesting because this particular passage had been attributed to um, page one ninety had been attributed to Nelson Mandela, but it's from oh, Marion Williamson's book, A Return to Love. And then I've read that possibly Nelson Mandela quoted it. But anyway, she writes, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It uh, is our light, not our darkness that frightens us. We ask mm-hmm. ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Oh. Actually, who are you not to be? Mm-hmm. You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. Well, so we are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is, in within, that is within us. It's not, in just, it's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. Mm-hmm. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give pe- other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Oh, so good. Yeah. And that describes you. Your presence Mm, has liberated other people. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do a really quick round of questions. These are Oprah Winfrey's questions from her, uh, (laughs) from her own Super Soul Sunday. So I like to use them at the end because I pretend I'm Oprah. (laughs) So it's fill in the blank. The world needs love. I believe in God. Love is everything. I'm grateful for love. <laughs> yeah. What is this? Uh, what is the soul? I'm sorry. Repeat. What is the soul? What is the soul? Yeah. Um, the essence of who we are. Yeah. And what do you know for sure? I know that I love everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. And I can say honestly that that is the energy you bring forward on your social media in the, in the hour or so we spent having coffee. I I left that, that conversation just feeling so uplifted and um, inspired. And I look forward to doing that again. Um, And me as well. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and thank you so much for uh, being here today. Before we close, would you just give everybody uh, an idea of where they can find you on social media? What do they look Absol- for? Absolutely. Um, so on Instagram, if you are on Instagram, my page is Dr. Scott Miller. That's D-R, Scott, and then Miller, um, as opposed to doctor spelled out, just D-R, Scott Miller. And then on uh, Facebook, um, you can find my page specifically at Dr. Scott Cairo. So short for chiropractic or chiropractor. Um, so D R Scott Cairo C H I R O. 
And I'll just be really uh, forward and say he's a beautiful man. So you're going to like looking at his his pictures. <laughs> he just did this whole modeling thing. And so, and his mermaid pictures, merman pictures. Merman, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you thank so much for being much. here. And uh, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do so via manifestingbrilliance at gmail.com. Website is manifestingbrilliance.com. And I'm on all of the socials. If you're listening to this podcast on any of the platforms like Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to us, please uh, post a review, rate the podcast because it helps other people find us. And thank you so much for uh, being here. Thank you, Scott. And let's just go forward today and be the light. Thanks. Thank you, Jerome. You're welcome. (laughs) 